Welcome to an inspirational message recorded live at Middle Falls Christian Center. Heavenly Father, in this hour, the final week, we begin with a fire conference. Now let the fire fall over this entire week in the hearts of many. Restore the flame of God in the hearts of your people. Let them serve you as when they served you from the very first day and were very inspired and witnessed and spoke of God and made a move of commitment to God and to the house of the Lord. Let the fire of God be restored. Let there be revival in this nation. Let the voice of the Christian church be woken up, arise and say, country-wise, Jesus is Lord of South Africa. Give the Lord a praise of forgiving body. Amen. Amen. You want to take your seat. Thank you very much. Go to the book of Daniel, please. Daniel chapter number three and the 13th verse. It's the Daniel fast and Daniel three and the 13th verse. It says these words, Then Nebuchadnezzar, in a rage and in fury, gave the command to bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So they brought these men before the king. Nebuchadnezzar spoke, saying to them, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you didn't serve my gods or worship the golden image which I have set up? How? Now, if you are ready at this time, when you hear the sound of the horn, the flute, the harp, the lyre, the psaltery, the symphony, and all kinds of music, when you fall down and worship the image of the beast which I have made, good. But if you do not worship, then you shall be cast immediately into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. And who who is the God that can save you at this time, my friends? And who is the God who will deliver you from my hands? Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego answered and they said to the king, Oh, Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. If that is the case, our God, whom we serve, is able. Everybody say able. Our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from a burning, fiery furnace, and he will deliver us from your hand, O king. But if not, let it be known to you, O king, that we do not serve your gods, neither, never, ever, ever, ever will bow to any other God except our God. Can you say amen? amen? Nor will we worship the golden image which you have set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar was full of fury, and the expression on his face changed towards Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And he spoke and commanded that they heat the furnace seven times more 
than it was usually heated. And he commanded certain mighty men of valor who were in his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and cast them into the burning fiery furnace. These men were bound in their coats, their trousers, their turbans, and their other garments, and then they were cast into the midst of the burning fiery furnace of Babylon. Then King Nebuchadnezzar was astonished. And he rose in haste and he spoke, saying to the counselors, did we not cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? We bound them and cast them there. And they answered and they said to the king, it's true, O king. Look, he answered. I see four men loose. Walking in the midst of the fire. And they are not hurt. And the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. Then Nebuchadnezzar went near the mouth of the burning fiery furnace, and he spoke, saying, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out, come here. Then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out of the midst of the fire. And the satraps, the administrators, the governors, and the king's counselors gathered together they saw these men on whose bodies the fire had no power. The hair on their head was not singed, nor were their garments affected. And the smell a fire was not on them. The city of Jerusalem, the joy of the whole world, the capital city of Israel, the city of King David, the city of all the godly kings whose tombs are there, even the tomb of David, shone like a golden brick in the sunshine of God, there King Solomon built his temple. There the glory of God came down. And the fire of God came down upon the altar. When there was prayer by King Solomon the king, generation after generation would bow down and worship the Lord. 
God answered by fire when his people who were in righteousness prayed. Fire fell from heaven. And God used his own fire and the fiery coals to be carried into the temple to then light up the golden lampstand burning with the fire of God. And all the coals on top of the golden altar of incense were burning with the glory of God. And behind the most holy place was the dwelling place of God at the place of the Ark of the Covenant. City of gold. Beautiful song by Lil Colette that says, City of gold. Yerushalayim, Yerushalayim. Right on the other hand, there was the capital city of every kind of export of false religion, cult, demons, wizard, wizardry, witchcraft, divination, sorcery, everything that is rebellious from the days of Nimrod and the giants that lived there. Even himself was called the Giburim, which means one of the mighty men or one of those giants of Genesis chapter number six and beyond. Babylon, the Bible tells us in chapter number 20 of the book of Revelation, fallen, fallen is the great city of Babylon. It has become a habitation of devils, fallen angels, and a cage and a prison to every kind of unclean, foul spirit. It is the place of hated birds. There in Babylon, the king of Babylon, Nebuchadnezzar, sent out his armies to conquest and to conquer all the known world of civilization of the time. He would go out there, send them, and they would march out. And there in the city of Babylon, he would look over the walls as they walked out to conquest, to be victorious, to overcome, and to yet conquer another nation carrying away its gold and silver and particularly items of any God that they served, like the vessels of the house of God carried into Babylon. Later on, we read about that Daniel chapter 5 with uh, King Belshazzar. The city had walls said to be 300 feet high. Walls that were broad enough that eight chariots could drive or ride side by side on the top of those walls. Inside of that place was the famous hanging gardens of Babylon. When the wife of King Nebuchadnezzar longed for her land, he said, I'll build you a garden next to nothing. And he built the Tower of Babel. He built all those things. He rebuilt all those things. And every form of witchcraft, divination, sorcery was practiced wildly in that place. Immorality was all over the place. The place, the factory, the fountain, the place of export of every unclean spirit, every foul and wicked spirit, a cage of demons open up to the world that antichrist religions would be spread of all kinds into the world. From that moment in time, the devil declared war on God's holy people. They would be persecuted. 
young men, princes, even from Jerusalem. Young Jews were carried out to the city of Babylon. These young men were made eunuchs to serve around the king, were specially trained. But there were four of them, Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They would not compromise. Out there in the land of Babylon, there was an oven that was prepared. King Nebuchadnezzar set it up as a threat to anybody that does not obey him because he had had a dream in Daniel chapter number two and he saw that image, the image, image of the beast, a prophetic image that would spread, stretch all the way through from its golden head to the arms, the upper body of silver, the left and the right arm and the middle body would be bronze and the legs and the feet were of, of steel, but the feet were clay and steel. Showing you that there is no stability in that thing whatsoever. So he went ahead when he heard that he was that golden head and he built that image, a hundred feet high image. And he said, now play the music. And the moment you hear all those musical instruments, then whoever does not bow down will go straight to that fire and burn. The devil does not like anybody serving the living God. In the week gone by, people were running around and, oh, pastor, did you see? Oh, pastor, did you see? Pastor, long time discussed the matter in prayer before God. They had the report that three men would not bow down, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They said to the king, it's a small matter. Actually, we, haven't even, we don't need to answer you. But we will not bow down to your image. We will not bow before anything or anyone else except the living God of Israel whom we serve. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. They said to the king, what he said to them, bow or burn. They said, we will not bow and our God is able to save us from that fiery oven. It does not matter. Even if we were consumed, our God is with us. Even if we go into the fire, even if we go into difficult times, even if the nation gets shaken on the road forward, when you go through the fire, I will be with you. When you go through the rivers, I shall be with you. And you, when you go through the fire, Isaiah 43, 2, it will not burn you. Prophet Isaiah, for I am the Lord your God. The three men that went in there were bound, but they were free. They were bound even when they were bound and the ropes were there. But the moment they hit the floor, the fire of God took the bombs off them. They got up 
and they walked around inside the oven. Now you wouldn't even feel that temperature because it's God's fire against Babylon's fire. And God's fire always overcomes Babylon's fire. But you know, the people have compromised in this new age that we're living in. In this world, they compromise and compromises are burning every day because they bow to things that they should not bow to. Compromises are forever in difficulty. They're forever troubled. Then this, then that, then the other, then this, then that, then the other. Sleepless night, restlessness. And God said in the book of, of uh, Hebrews chapter number two, Beware therefore, brethren, lest there be an evil heart of unbelief among any of you, departing from the living God. Therefore I swore to that generation, because of unbelief, I swore to that generation, they will not enter into my rest. You don't enter into God's rest if you're running around with fear. If you're running around with, ooh, you would go, go, let Pastor Alphonse, but somebody must just pray for me. Come pray, you know, Pastor, you know, five o'clock in the morning, have you got a prophetic word for me? Go on your knees and go and pray. Go read your Bible and pray. I tell you what to fear at this time that we're living in. Fear compromising severely. If you want to fear, then fear compromise. Because of compromise, people have set up burdens and yokes and chains and they're unhappy and there's disturbance at the workplace, everywhere. Well, you know what? I remember those days in the world that I went and I was working in the world system still those days at the SABC. I was a senior officer there. And uh, <laughs> then all these so-called bosses would say, listen, after tonight at uh, say four, four, five, come to my office, we got some beers, we got whiskey, we got brandy, we got wine, we got even champagne, whatever the case may be, we're gonna have a time together. And then they start drinking and they start drinking and they keep on drinking and they start telling dirty jokes. Well, you know what's it now, Harold? Won't you have a beer with us? No. How about a glass of wine? No. No strong liquor will pass over the lips of this man. It just does not take place. And I saw those people at those parties. How they disappeared. A man with another man's wife and a woman with another man's husband go into offices and close the doors. Tomorrow nothing has happened, but God saw all of that mess. God is there. Now, you know, when you do not compromise, you remain standing. When you compromise, you yield and fall down. When you yield to false cults and false religions, listen, they blow the horns, akin to bullfrogs sitting in a flay. The horns are, and they threat, and they threaten, and they say, terror, there's a fiery oven for you. 
See that fiery oven? Those three men stood upright and they said, we will not bow. And our God, whom we serve, is indeed able to take us out of that fire, out of your fiery oven. We are not headed for the crematorium of Babylon. Come on, give the Lord a good praise offering this morning. I think you need to stand up and praise God. Praise God. We give you glory, Lord. We give you glory, Lord. Our God is able. Our God is able. Amen. So, when they hit the floor, they were loose. When they came out, there were no bonds. It is amazing to focus on that word, our God is able, namely the ableness of God. Ableness works when you don't compromise. Then ableness works in your, to your benefit. His ableness is released to your benefit. I saw John G. Lake the man that planted the Pentecostal church, amazing man of God with major miracles, major of the greatest of miracles took place in his ministry. And he said, you know what? When I look at what's going on, the slackness, the laziness, if I look at what's going on, if I see the lack of commitment to God, if I look at what's going on and somebody passes me that is sick, there rises in me because of the Word of God, persuaded by the Word of God, that Jesus Christ has come to die upon the cross and by His stripes, people, everybody, by faith, you will be healed. God still heals. God still heals. I said God still I said, God still heals. God still delivers. God still breaks the chains and removes the bondage. Bad habits, foul habits, adultery, sickness, disease. You see them running with tears. And then they go, and we've got some spiritful, wonderful doctors in this church, for sure. And they're children of God. But I've seen people go to other doctors. I always say, go to a Christian doctor, whatever you do. Go to a spiritual doctor. I see people that go to a doctor, and doctors say, now listen to me. You actually should have been dead already, you know. You know you're, you're, don't worry, all the pain, all the suffering, it's all going to be over soon. But I'll give you this. You have six weeks to live. That's 42 days. The weight of those words against the weight of this word, those words have no weight. With this word is all the weight. Can you say amen? Give the Lord a praise offering and start believing. 
When I hear the people with all the negative stuff that runs around in the world, in the world system, in the world news, and all the rubbish that happens out there. <laughs> then I say one thing. Like Jacques, let's say, I, I use you as an example. You, you're innocent now. How long have you been a believer, Jacques? And he says to me, well, he is now... 65, he's now 70, and he's been a believer since 20. No, really. At this point of your life, do you still not believe God and cut out with compromise? Stop that nonsense so that God could heal you, God could restore you. Listen, it's the anointing of the Holy Spirit that will break the yoke in your lives. It is the anointing of the Holy Spirit that'll break the yoke in your lives. It is the anointing. It is the anointing. The anointing breaks the yoke. 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 Stand up, praise God. The anointing breaks the The anointing breaks the yoke. 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 Did you hear me? The anointing breaks the yoke. Give the Lord one more big praise offering. Shout hallelujah. I have looked so forward to the fire conference. Oh, but you know, Pastor, we're going cycling on Sunday. We're cycling now. I gebruik die Afrikaanse woord, arme stommerik. Arme stommerik. Misguided. One shall be taken, and one shall be left behind. On the bed, one shall be taken, one shall be left behind. Watch therefore, for the coming of the Lord is at hand. Can you say amen? In this life, this is the victory that overcomes even our faith. The just shall live by faith. The ancient Persian Empire of the Medo-Persians. Afterwards, Iran would be known as Persia, but it stretched to the entire Gentile world. The presence of God's vessels in Babylon created the death of Belshazzar when he got the message. Many, many tekel ufarsin. It is a GPS code. Degrees that works in that one single sentence of the place of the Ark of the Covenant, the secret place in Jerusalem. If you compromise in this world, compromises are burning all the time. They're burning all the time. Tonight, <laughs> I was talking to someone just explaining something about spiritual gravity. Tonight, you'll hear about that. Because this week, if nothing else, but if there's nothing else, but so far, 
Soos wat die Heere ons God is, al is daar nou niks anders die dat woord hierdie week aan die Heere. And if you haven't done Daniel fast this time up to now, then the time has come for you to get serious and get on your knees and decide, you know what? Without faith, it is impossible to please God. For you comes unto God, must believe that He is. That He is. And is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. The fire will fall. Indeed, the fire will fall. But we move on. Here, I'm looking at this. They're standing in front of the king. Now he now gets, and he gets to the point where he now says, your God indeed is able. I've got news for you this morning. Your God, our God is able. Your problem can be solved. Your God is able. Can you say amen? amen. Give Jesus a praise offering right now. Shout hallelujah. They were free in the oven. When they came out, there was not even the smell of fire on them. Neither their hair was singed. They were perfectly normal. They went inbound. They found themselves loose. So, my dear friends, who then is the fourth man? I love it. It hit me. You may say, like a bomb, spiritually in a new, this is it. The fourth man who is capable of dealing with Babylon and will bring about its total destruction with all its false religions, every other thing. The fourth man is called Jesus Christ the Lord. In the Hebrew it says, Ben Elohim, son of God. That he sees. And it says like that in the Hebrew. Now, let's take a look at this thing. We are in the year 2004, aren't we? 2024. I'm just checking on you. In the year 2020, what? Oh, fourth man. Four is the fourth letter on the Hebrew alphabet. Aleph, Beit, Gimel, Dalet. The Dalet. It is the door. This day I bring you, as God said in the early scriptures, I put before you life and death, blessing and cursing. There's a fiery oven out there in this world at the moment. The nations are stirred. Listen to me now very carefully. Nine years and counting. Babylon fire will burn. 
nine years and judging while Babylon's fire is burning and spreading on the planet. The next nine years will now determine the future of this entire planet. And if the Lord spares you nine years, you will see many things that God did forbid in Scripture that's being practiced right now. And God has never changed. Neither the Father, nor the Son, nor the Holy Spirit. The Word of the Lord remains forever. In the next nine years, there will be an increase of godliness, ungodliness, idolatry, idolatrous lifestyles, and Babylon's fire will burn in the midst of those who are compromising. We have nine years ahead of us. Furthermore, the fourth year is the year distinctly, even I noticed with Bible codes research in the ancient Hebrew, Hebrew numerics, Hebrew mathematics. I look at that Aramaic mathematics. It's the year that speaks loudly of the Messiah this year. And the Hebrew of Shabbat, which means to turn and to commit to God. Today, as we go out into the world where the fires are burning, <laughs> watch yourself out there because that fire is the fire of hell. And I will talk about the revelation tonight because there's major things to talk about. I wrote in my haste through this time that I was with God. The fire is the door. This is the year of the open door. In the Hebrew, you can apply it as some commentators, students of Hebrew would see and, and Greek as the symbol of the door. Everybody now talks about the door. It's gone around the world, the door. God says, I will set before you an open door. The door is the door to heaven. The door is the door that God gives you to everlasting life. The other door has fire where you enter through there. The gate of that oven is the other door. And from there, spiritual gravity takes over. I'll explain that properly tonight. And it's just absolutely amazing how people do not know this word. And I know not everybody can come to Bible school. For example, just Bible school. The most transformational period of my life was my time in Bible school. I couldn't stop myself. My son Frankie here, he did it three times. I couldn't stop myself. I just went on and on with the word. In fact, when I came out of Bible school, I felt I was now hovering in thin air. It's like a vacuum. What did I do? I grabbed books immediately and prayed about it. said, Lord, I don't want to read junk. Let me get the right materials. Let me get the materials. Lead me in this. 
So number four is a door that God sets before you today. Now, I will begin to lay out the fire that protects you. The fire that leads you. The word of the Lord that comes through the fire and the reading of the word. The fire that is released in your prayer life. The fire of God that is a consuming fire when it comes to his enemies. So we find in the Bible how when God's fire fell, like when Elijah prayed, those men that came up to the mountain that wanted to say, hey, hey, Elijah, the king is calling you, come on. And he said, well, if I am a servant of the Lord, then let fire falls. Now, there's an interesting distinction. We'll see this. When you have the fire of the burning bush, but it doesn't get consumed. You have the fire of three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and they don't get consumed. That fire is protective fire. It's superior to any other fire because the Creator has done so in the Word of God. There is a distinct, distinct situation when the earth itself will be consumed with fire in the final hour when God's fire falls from heaven and the new heavens and the new earth will be created by God as the Bible tells us. Revelation 20, Revelation 21, Revelation 22, final chapters of the book. God sets before you an open door. Four is the number of choice. If you choose that door, you're in trouble. If you choose the right door, then do not compromise. Because of this, families are broken up. Because of this, children do all sorts of strange and funny things. Because of this, there's theft, there's violence in the home, demons manifesting, and all kinds of bugs and demon caged demons that are let loose from Babylon that's coming in. The time has come to clean up. The time has come to say, Lord, it's enough. From my perspective, I call that like spring cleaning. Maud and I now moved and stay in a smaller place, which is exactly what I wanted, especially for the next nine years. And you know what? That forced us to get rid of junk. Things that are ball and chain. And they were coming behind us. And we were dragging that stuff. I will close with the words, our God is a consuming fire. I, I gave you this and I give it to you again. Who then is the fourth man? He's called the Son of God and his name is? His name is? Give Jesus a praise offering. Amen. Amen. Indeed, a fiery furnace is burning in the world. Indeed, there will be shakings in the year to come. Indeed, you will see things brought to an end. You will see 
the demons of Babylon's, I've seen them in visions that move out. You will see these things happen. The one I'm talking about is Jesus Christ. I'm reading this for the second time of the platform. In Genesis, Jesus Christ is the seed of the woman. In Exodus, he's the Passover lamb. In Leviticus, he is our high priest. In Numbers, he is the pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night. Tonight in this place. In Deuteronomy, he's the prophet like unto Moses. In Joshua, he's the commander of the Lord's army. In Judges, he's our judge and our lawgiver. In Ruth, he's our kinsman redeemer. In First and Second Samuel, he's the seed of David. In Kings and Chronicles, he's our reigning king. In Ezra, he's our faithful scribe. In Nehemiah, he's the rebuilder of everything that's broken down. In Esther, he's our Mordecai and advocate. In Job, he's our ever-living ever redeemer. In Psalms, he's our shepherd. In Proverbs, he's our wisdom. In Ecclesiastes, he is our meaning for life. In the Song of Solomon, he is the loving bridegroom. In Isaiah, he's the prince of peace. In Jeremiah and Lamentations, he's our weeping prophet. In Ezekiel, he's the glorious Lord. In the book of Daniel, he's the fourth man. In the fiery furnace. In Hosea, he's the faithful husband. In Joel, he's the outpourer of the Holy Spirit. In the book of Amos, he's our burden bearer. In Obadiah, he's our judge and savior. In Jonah, he's the risen prophet. In Micah, he's the ruler of the world from Bethlehem that came and was born in Bethlehem. In Nahum, he's our stronghold. In Habakkuk, he's the watchman. In Zephaniah, he's the mighty one to save. In Haggai, he's the restorer. In Zechariah, he's the branch of David, the one pierced for us. In Malachi, he's the son of righteousness. In Matthew, he's the king of the Jews, the Messiah, the Christ, the son of the living God. In Mark, he's the servant, the miracle worker. In Luke, he's the baby in the manger, the son of man. In John, he's the son of God. He's the living word. He's the way, the truth, and the life. In Acts, He's the Savior of the world. He is the ascended Lord. In Romans, He is the justifier. In 1 Corinthians, He's the resurrection and the life. In 2 Corinthians, He's our comfort. In Galatians, He's our liberty and freedom. In Ephesians, He's the head of the church. In Philippians, He is our joy. In the book of Colossians, He's our completeness and the beginning of all creation and the glue that holds our world together. In First and Second Thessalonians, he's the coming king. In First and Second Timothy, he's our mediator. In the book of Philemon, he's our benefactor. In Titus, he's the blessed hope. In Hebrews, he's our perfection. In James, he's the power behind our faith. In First and Second Peter, he's our chief shepherd and chief cornerstone. In First and Second and Three John. He is our truth and everlasting life. In Jude, He is the foundation of our faith, our security. And in the book of Revelation, He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He is the first and the last, the beginning and the end. He is the keeper of all of creation. He is the creator of all things. He is the architect of the universe and the manager of all times. He is in charge of South Africa at the time such as this. He always was, He always is, and He always will be. Unmoved, unchanged, undefeated, we have one that's not undone, but we have a kingdom we've received from Him, a kingdom that cannot be shaken. And if you agree with that, stand to your feet this morning and say, Amen.
Shout hallelujah. Now come on. Come on. As if we can take on little laws to market in the plaque, I'll take every amen that I can get in this place. I want to feel this roof lift a little bit. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Shout hallelujah. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you now and forevermore. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord lift up his countenance over you, be gracious to you. The Lord grant you eternal salvation and peace. In the name of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Amen. I'll see you tonight. For more teachings like this and other material, please visit our website at www.littlefallsonline.com.